Ed. I'm Dan Hedrington. I'm a uh, senior project manager with Short Elliott Hendrickson, uh, other, otherwise known as SEH. Well, this is going to be quite a satisfying uh, interview. How are you doing today? With long time no talk, it's been uh, quite a while because we haven't had much to report on, have we? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually been uh, quite calm for some time. Just, um, you know, I, calm is maybe not the word I should use. Uh, people have been kind of sitting at the, at the edge of their chairs, kind of maybe a little bit of nail-biting, going, okay, what's going to happen here? How's this going to get resolved? And we finally got some resolution, and, and we're quite happy. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you, um, you, you reaching out, and um, I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So first off, you know, we'll just start off with a nice congratulations on this latest Supreme Court decision. We should probably let people know we're talking with Dan Henrington. He's one of the chiefs spearheading the Davis refinery uh, from the uh, SEH, uh, Short Elliott, I'm sorry, what was the H again? Hendrickson. Hendrick, Hendrickson, your last name, okay. No, it's uh, not my last name. My last name is Hedrington. Oh, my word. It's very similar. It's, it's very similar. Boy, that was like a Mandela effect I did on myself. Boy, that, did, that wasn't a good thing. So anyway, but it's it's been it's been like basically two years of you guys fighting a legal battle. The first, you know, Greenfield Refinery. I know that there's a lot of other uh, subcontractors involved, uh, you know, outfits out of New Mexico and other states. So it's been a big project, a lot of different leaders in the industry coming together. So a lot of moving parts, man. And after two years, my understanding is that... Um, the Supreme Court decision has come, you know, and it's in, in favorable in your in, on your side. Is that right or what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the Supreme Court was actually uh, had decided or um, been approached on two of the two of the outstanding issues that were at least two of the issues that were taken to the Supreme Court level for um, for review. Uh, one was for our air permit, and the other one was for a siting permit, um, which is 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 something that the county accomplished, but this, these opposing groups were um, trying to compel the uh, Public Service Commission from the state of North Dakota to also get involved. And um, those decisions were uh, uh, upheld by the state Supreme Court just recently. And, and we're quite happy. Um, you know, we were, we were expecting to prevail. We've, the, the team has prevailed in every bit of litigation that's been um, you know, thrown against it you know, since the inception of the project. Um, two years is actually a little bit low um, because some of these groups were coming and trying to fight at, you know, county board levels and during public comment hearing levels and um, different, you know, phases throughout the project. When, when the actual permits were issued, they would actually at that point file, you know, uh, their suits. We have gone through everything from uh, administrative law judges through uh, district courts and now through the state Supreme Court and the Meridian team has prevailed in every single one of them. So we're, we're very happy and, and excited about the, uh, um, the, the completion or the resolution to these, these suits. So we're, we're, we're quite, quite excited. Now I've been talking to you since day one that this thing has started. You've been working on this since the beginning, haven't you? Yeah. I, I was one of the uh, the first team members when so when um, when the project was was initially being evaluated by Meridian, they were looking for an engineering team that they could bring in 
that had the expertise and the ability to support them and, and to make the project happen. So not only did they vet us, we vetted them as well. We wanted to make sure that they were credible, that they had the ability to do what they said they were going to do, and they had the expertise to make that happen. Um, we ended up coming together very, very early in the project, um, teaming up, and you know us working uh, for them to to you know secure the permitting, do the uh, the various design components that designing the components that we were working on and assisting them through public hearings and meetings and permitting and things like that. So yeah, you and I have been speaking for some time. Well, the reason I, I asked that question is because, you know, I, I'm taking a look at, you know, some other projects and even this other refinery that they built or added on to outside of Dickinson. And um, this particular project has, has been a little bit unique in a lot of different ways, you know, and I, I wanted to get your opinion, because I, I wanted to make sure you were there from the beginning, like you weren't brought in to replace you, or something like that, you know? <laughs> no, so, no, that's not the case. So, um, since you've been there from day one, um, you've worked on other projects, too, outside of this, so talk to me a little bit about what's made this one unique. Um, like I said, it's a lot of different angles to take on this, but from your perspective, how is this compared to maybe some other projects you've worked on, and how is this one a little unique? Okay, so that, that, tr that question's a little bit tricky, but I'll, I'll do the best I can because there are several aspects of it. So, yes, uh, I've been blessed to work in my career, you know, uh, in various projects all around North America and Canada, throughout the United States, uh, Texas, North Dakota, out in the West Coast and, you know, all over the place. And you run into a ton of different types of projects and they all have these, you know, neat, unique components. And, you know, why are they building it? Is it, is it good for the community? Is it good for their, um, their bottom line or their bottom, you know, the, their dollar amounts, but it's good for the environment. There's a lot of different components that are, are intriguing to these projects. Now this project, um, what's really interesting about it is, um, the, the folks who were involved in a full conversion refinery development, um, which has been over 40 years since that's happened, the majority, if not all, of those team members that were involved in those projects are, if they're, if they're around yet, they're about to retire or they've already retired. And um, so, you know, that it's been a long time since the, a greenfield refinery has been developed. That's pretty cool. Not only is it for the design team, but it's the same thing for the um, the the approving agencies, the administrative agencies that re that approve them. When the projects were first developed, um, those folks, you know, are, are probably retired at this point. So it's a, a new group of, of people. Now, some are experienced because of upgrades to existing facilities or modifications or additions. But it's it's essentially the you know a new group of people who would be involved in a full you know greenfield uh, project and getting involved with that, those groups of people, the, it, it's exciting because everybody's going, okay, this is a complicated issue and it needs to be vetted thoroughly. We need to go through and complete our due diligence at levels that are much, much um, um, more complicated or higher than what used to be. The oil and gas industry is, has come a long way. Things are, are, are extremely advanced, and the technology that's associated with this kind of stuff is 
is through the roof compared to where it was 40 years ago. So it's, it's, it's kind of like saying, okay, we're getting involved with a brand new type of a project and a brand new type of regulator and a brand new type of engineering and brand new types of technologies. Everything is, is very, very advanced. And that has been exciting. Um, the level of emissions that, that, you know, this project will have per barrel is significantly smaller than, I mean, like to the tune of like somewhere around a tenth of the emissions that um, other refineries, when they were developed, were, were emitting. So the, the technologies are exciting. And just the fact that, you know, it's a, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's been a long time since anybody's tackled anything like this. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of people were intimidated by it. Um, you know, is this possible? Can you do it with the level of regulation that we have, you know, in current current times? Um, and what we proved is that it can. Um, but, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, babbling a little bit too much, and I apologize for that. But it, it's been very exciting, um, you know, breaking new ground with new technologies and new permitting requirements. And it's been, um, you know, just it, well, I'm going to stick with it. It's, it's exciting. It really is. Well, I was going to ask you, the angle I kind of wanted to, I guess, find out is, if you guys ever really figured out why your feet got held to the fire so much more than many other projects that happened. And, you know, I mentioned the the refinery out of Dickinson. I mean, geez, sure. they, they, they rolled out the red carpet for those guys. I was there. I mean, they got, that thing was was no problem. And go ahead. No, I think it's a sign of the times. Okay. Uh, I, I, I really do. Um, the you remember? I mean, in the midst of this was Dapple, uh, the protests going on in North Dakota. Um, people were, um, you know, concerned. I mean, when when you've got you know um, administrative agencies. Uh, being kicked in the shins or questioned or double-checked on or second-guessed for every decision that they've made. You've got the potential of, of people coming in and, you know, causing problems, causing, you know, um, uh, the locals to be, you know, you know uh, agitated and, and irritated by outside parties coming in and, you know, causing, you know, problems. Uh, everybody was kind of going, okay, they're kind of, if somebody's going to kick me in the shin, I'm going to flinch a little bit next time that somebody walks by. So the oil and gas industry was under a, a heavier level of scrutiny. It's okay, if the these, you know, these activists or these people who are opposed to these types of projects are going to cause problems, let's just make sure we go through things at a level that is much, much, much higher than it would have been typically or would have been uh, uh yeah, common in the past. So it just to me, it's a sign of the times. I don't think that anybody was, you know, from the the state of North Dakota was saying, "Oh, we hate these people. We don't want them anywhere near us." It was more like, you know, yeah, this would be great to have in our in our state and in our in our communities, uh, as long as you every single T is crossed and everything single I is dotted several times, um, which is part of what you know that that heavy level of scrutiny that was not only at the at the reviewing agencies and but also at the courts end, the courts were going through things that the level of um, a review that they were providing this these projects were, or this project was significant. Um, they wanted to make sure that they were in a position that when their decision was made, that they were justified, you know, eight ways from Sunday. And I think that, um, you know, our 
ultimate approval because of the time it took to complete that due diligence and because of the effort that it took to make it happen, um, it's that much more satisfying. It's kind of like saying, okay, I could run to you know any fast food joint and grab a burger, but if you make a nice burger on a big grill and you're doing your own thing and you you really earned it, it makes it taste that much better. And 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 these these successes taste really good right now. <laughs> Is this the new normal now in uh, oil and gas? And we've had uh, Meridian CEO on the program talk about how it's the new normal. And, you know, I'd like to not think like that, but at the same time, I, a lot of examples certainly seem to show that uh, any new projects are going to end up in court. You know, I, I hope it's not, um, but I think that's a, a very strong potential. Um, you know, these, these, when, when a group is opposing a project and they can take it to court and the courts actually go through at a level of, of um, uh, review that is extremely high, they go through things thoroughly, they go through things, their due diligence is significant, it takes them time. So I, I would never fault the court itself, um, but if these groups are taking advantage of that, the the significant effort that it takes to review these projects, um, we might see them more in the future. Yeah, I, I think it's a legitimate concern. I hope it's not. I hope the courts recognize this. And, and you know, actually, even at one, one point during the oral arguments of this project, I think one of the judges has asked um, opposition whether or not this was simply meant to uh, to delay the project. And so I think the courts are going to, you know, recognize that as well. And they're not going to want to, um, you know, allow this to jam up their entire system and, and cause delays for, you know, an entire state because somebody's just opposed to a project. So I'm kind of either way. Do I think they're going to file? Probably. Do I think the courts are going to recognize it and try to um, try to minimize that? I, I, I definitely hope so. Well, that makes this next question a little bit more, make more sense then because I wasn't sure if you were going to know where I was coming from on this question. But I know in the last opinion, you know, you guys had the air quality permit upheld, and that was, that was a good sign. And then this, this latest one here, my, my question was going to be about whether the courts are accepting science or not because there was a trend happening where consensus science was seeming to be okay with a lot of elected leaders, and sure. a lot of a lot of courts even were okay with a round of consensus science versus actual science. And when when the judge asked if this was to prolong and that sort of thing, that kind of answered it a little bit. But I guess my question is: is how accepting was the courts to your facts and figures and science behind this? So it was a, a trust but verify. <laughs> so, so it really was. Because remember, um, what level of, of uh, okay, so I'm going to go back just a little bit, and I'll try not to, to take too, take us on too much of a tangent. When this project, since you specifically brought up air quality as, as an example, they when the project, when we first submitted our, our, uh, our, our permit request, our applications to the state of North Dakota um, for the air permit, it was, um, the regulating or the administrative agencies reviewing that thing were going, you're going to have to prove this one. So it wasn't this, this immediate trust. It was, um, you're going to need to verify, you're going to need to give us case studies. You're going to need to give us, you know, um, uh, 
examples of projects that are already using this level of technology but in different areas and what those outcomes were so we we had to provide a tremendous amount of documentation to confirm what our our uh, application was stating that our levels of, of emissions were going to be significantly lower than than what is is common so once they saw that data and then they saw the science behind it they trusted it I think it was the exact same level or same situation that happened with the courts. Uh, now, I don't know this. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. But because we prevailed, I'm, I'm, I'm making the, uh, the assumption that they, after reviewing months and months and months worth of data, um, that they, they come to a point of, or they came to a point of trusting not only the data that was provided, but the agencies that had approved it initially because of the levels of, of knowledge that those folks have. So it's a trust but verify kind of a situation. And as these projects continue and people see that, that these advanced technologies, what they've actually done and how they lower emissions and how they're less impactful to, to the environment are, are, are more, um, you can point to the exact projects where they, that actually occurs. I think that that level of trust is going to just increase um, where people actually see that, okay, they were able to do what they said they could do kind of stuff. So um, I think we're in a good position. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the governing agencies, especially in North Dakota, that you know needed that additional work. They needed that additional uh, confirmation that these technologies were um, not only trustworthy, but that they've accomplished what we said that they could accomplish in different settings or in different locations. Um, that helped us with the um, the review from the uh, the court system as well, because the the governing agencies went through these things thoroughly. I mean, thoroughly, thoroughly. And when that information was provided, um, I think everybody was more comfortable that um, that the science was correct and that they can trust the science. You know, we've joked in the past about, you know, by default, the minute you guys turn on the light switch, you're going to be the cleanest refinery in the planet because you're the first refinery built in the last 40, 50 years. So right. that by, by, which, by the way, makes the marketing slogan, the cleanest refinery on the planet, the easiest thing ever to come up with, which I love because it's true. And well, it's pretty rare when a marketing slogan even has 10% truth. So 100% truth. That's cool. <laughs> it is, uh, it is cool. And anyway, I, I bring it up because um, you guys have gone through a lot. Obviously, when you become the cleanest refinery on the planet, immediately the bar is now raised. How many different areas do you think are going to be raised? You know, I mean, you're talking about the new norm, and we're talking about the cleanest refinery on the planet, and we're talking about, you know, new angles and pipes that are going to go a certain way so less gas can be emitted and that sort of thing. So... Have you guys thought about that? How many different ways, you know, that you're going to actually have a leadership role in industry now? Yeah, it's 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 been exciting um, because, you know, have we have we thought about it? Do we know exactly where all of those are um, as far as for how it's going to uh, uh, impact the nation? Well, the the let's call it the, um, the the general you know oil and gas industry. Um, every time, you know, I think we're together and we're talking about even locations on where we're going to put components and how that's going to happen and, and, you know, what's been done in other situations is, you know, this is going to be great because once the, you know, the current industry sees this activity, um, they're going to draw from it just like you and I would. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm making improvements to my yard 
and the neighbor sees it and he wants to make those improvements too, God bless them. That's great. So any of this, you know, these, these, you know, ideas and thoughts and these, you know, incorporating different technologies or incorporating different, you know, equipment thing, you know, equipment um, pieces or, or something like that. Um, it's, it's exciting because we talk about the same thing. How is this going to affect everybody else in this industry? Some are going to grab onto it and say, yeah, we love that idea. We're going to try it. Others are going to say, well, we're going to stick with what we've got for a little while until we need to rebuild that section or something like that. So um, it is exciting I'll, every time we talk about it. And, um, you know, that might be everything from the way that things are being, you know, uh, transported to the way things are being, you know, produced itself or the way that pe- things are being documented or, or being utilized. There's a lot of different things in the project that are exciting because, you know, our expectation is that that others are going to see this and others are going to recognize it. And I think some of them are, are doing what, you, what, you know, your neighbor might be doing. Let me see if this works out for him. And if it works out for him, then I'm going to go in and do it. So, you know, I get that. That's, that's good stuff. So, yeah, we're excited about the advancements of the project and what it might do to the industry. So when you take a look at, you know, some of the new norms happening, raising the bar, let's throw COVID in there too because COVID had an impact on the industry. You know, I'm thinking of um, – CEO Meridian William Prentice on the on the program during the pandemic saying actually if the refinery would have been open they would have done very well or maybe that was during negative oil prices anyways it was during some time when you didn't think things would be going well he flat out said no it actually would have been for us during that time so I start thinking about you know the downstream and some of the other people that you know rely on the refinery um, what's it looking like now long term sustainable growth for you guys out there you know the new norm and like i said the bar has been raised and covid out there and everything else that's been happening what's what's the viability look like out there in uh, belfield so the viability in, in belfield itself is looking really good um so for that particular project now speaking just stepping back just half a second I do a lot of work. Our company does a lot of work in the oil and gas industry, and, and we're seeing, you know, some very positive things that, that may be coming. Obviously, there's been a there's been a hit, and 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 you know, there's some adverse impacts on everything you're talking about. But um, some the 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 potential growth or the potential uh, rebound from this is significant, and we're looking forward to that. So that's in the in industry in general. But for Belfield, I mean, it's the exact same thing, but probably amplified a little bit. Um, remember, as as people are coming back from, you know, social distancing and travel limitations, and once those things are lifted, those those limitations or restrictions are lifted, people are aching to get out. Um, you know, we know that we're seeing it all over the place. They want to they want to travel more. They want to fly. They want to they want to drive more. They want they they need that refined product. Um, I know that. Um, Meridian's, uh, you know, working with the groups that are going to be off taking the product are excited about what's going to be happening. So for what, for my end of it, for seeing, you know, you know, it from, that's a little bit on the outside edge for me, um, because remember I'm, I'm development permitting and, and site development and, you know, the overall project, but, um, knowing where the different team members are on their offtake agreements and people that are, are projecting where that's going to be and how it's going to be, it looks like all very, very positive um, uh, situations. All right, what's next? What's going on next? I, I, Whenever it comes to these court cases and Supreme Court cases, I still have to ask the very basic, simple question, because I've learned my lesson, that 
Okay, like, for example, uh, I just talked to an attorney two weeks ago after a 15, 10-year court battle with some minerals, and I said, okay, is it officially done now? He goes, well, yes, but we're going to go back to court next fall. I'm like, okay, well, then it's not done. So where, where are you guys? Is, is the green light ready for construction yet, or where are we at? Yeah, so so what we've been informed of, what everything's what we're working through is, is this. Um, the teams need to be reassembled. They uh, they need to be reorganized. And I mean, you know, contractors, you know, designers, we're, we're all coming back to the table and reorganizing and saying, okay, what are we going to do? And when's that going to happen? Remember, we have weather limitations in North Dakota. And, well, you know, this whole part of the country. And, and um, you know, so do you, do you get a team back together and start breaking ground, um, you know, at the end of October? Well, because you remember some of the teams are already, they have other work. Nobody was just sitting back saying, okay, we're not doing anything until that happens. So we've got earthwork uh, contractors and, and utility contractors and, you know, erosion control contractors that all need to be reengaged. And we've been having some basic discussions with those folks going, okay, where are you at? How are things looking? When can we start again? Um, what do we want to open before winter? What don't we want to open before winter? So really what it looks like is a general um, uh, discussion is that that activity is going to occur in 2021. Um, why would you go in and, and start ripping everything all up that, you know, of a stabilized site that has, you know, current growth and current erosion control measures in place that are all, all very functional um, and then end up with problems in the in the fall or in the winter or in the spring. So it looks like that our, the vast majority of our, our initial activities are going to start in 2021. Um, that would be field work. That would be starting to put um, you know earthwork in in place. Uh, continue working down that path towards uh, road improvements and uh, transportation um, improvements. Things that we're going to need for that, like you know, just in general, maybe rail, maybe roads, you know, all, all that kind of activity. We call it site work. Um, while that's going on, uh, we'll be looking at uh, starting to, you know, get our pre-order our equipment in, start doing footings and foundations as soon as we can. Um, hopefully we can get far enough in 2021 where we can get footings and foundations in place. But, you know, that's something we'll just have to play by year. Uh, but our initial site work activity will, will begin in 2021.